0: Kristen Wurst throws some shade at a teammate, and that will definitely cause some issues this coming season. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks,
1: Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's up, and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Jarco, deputy editor of SBNationsBucksNation.com, joined by my bearded co host, Mr. David Harrison writer for Day.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And, of course, you can follow everything on Twitter, at LockedOnBucks at JArco underscore Bucks and at DHarrison82.
1: Thanks again for making Lockdown Bucks first listen or your first view today and every day. Tristan Wirfs spoke with the media on Monday, and we discussed some of those comments on our Tuesday episode. What we didn't discuss, however, were the shots that were fired from Tristan towards <laughs> some of his own teammates, so it seems as though... It was actually directed really at one particular dude. While speaking to the media, Wirf said, quote, winning the Super Bowl was both a blessing and a curse. It brought some guys together, but also created individuals, end quote. Now, this kind of piggybacks off of something that happened last October when following the loss of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Todd Bowles said completely unprovoked that some of the guys may have been living off of the Super Bowl win. Now, of course, when he was asked by those of his attendants, uh, if he meant to anybody specifically, he kind of said, well, I, I'm not saying anybody is, I'm just saying if they are, then, you know, they might want to back off of that. Uh, The damage had already been done. Coach. Yeah. Um I remember vividly, actually, James, after that, that game being in the locker room and Shaquille Barrett was kind of one of the first guys that talked to us and we were yeah, he, he was asked about the comments and everything like that. And, and, you know, Shaq kind of, Shaq kind of, He did his best. I'll I'll put it this way. He did his best to hide who he he thought might be the target of the comment. But there's body language things that happen when you hear something you're not expecting to hear. I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to get Shaq in trouble in any way, shape or form. Shaq's comments were like, oh, I don't know anybody who's doing that. I'm certainly not doing that. And I believe Shaq wasn't the one doing that. But I do believe that his body language told everybody in present uh, who might be uh, that person. Anyway. Um, so this obviously adds into the Devin White trade drama, and it certainly looks like worse Is speaking about White because it, we thought that Bowles was talking about White. Warren Sapp talked about Devin White. I mean, it's all coming up, Devin White, guys.
0: Yeah, it, it, this is becoming a, a serious issue now. Uh, Devin White with his Instagram attention-seeking posts and then trying to backpedal, and then you get the trade demands. You had the comments about, you know, Living off the Super Bowl last year, you have you know the experience with Shaquille Barrett that you're referring to, and now you have Tristan Wirfs talking about how it it brought the team together, except for some people who it created an individual uh, persona, I guess is is the way to put it. And yeah. look, you and I were talking off air before we started recording about our our trip to the scouting combine back when Devin White was a participant there was coming out and we kind of got the feeling that he was going to be the Buccaneers pick, regardless of what people thought about drafting a, an off ball linebacker in the top five. And we were like, look, you draft Devin white. He can change the defense. He can be an absolute superstar. He can be a stud, but five years from now, he could also be a big problem yeah. and he's becoming a big problem. And, it's through some fault of his own maybe not all of it but some of it the um what's the what's the term i'm looking for kind of the lack of self-awareness mm. combined with the feeling of superiority based off of his performance leading up to a super bowl that has kind of now snowballed into an effect where he Feels like he's worth more than he is. Uh, He feels like he's obviously worth more than the Bucks think that he's worth. And Mm -hmm. this is going to be a talking point now until something gets done. And by that, I mean until he gets traded, until he gets extended, or until he comes out and straight from his mouth says, I am here with the Buccaneers in 2023. I want to get this thing back on track. I'm excited to be with Levante again. I'm excited to be a leader on this defense, and I'm ready to go to work. Until one of those things happens, there is going to be constant speculation and constant reading between the lives or reading the tea leaves or whatever phrase you want to use about Devin White's unhappiness with the Buccaneers and potentially the Buccaneers players and, and staff members unhappiness with Devin White.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, I just, I just feel like, I mean, even even if Devin White were to come out and kind of publicly be like, you know, I, I apologize or whatever, I was out of line or I changed my mind or whatever. I mean, he's, he's gone too far off the deep end to really bring it back at this point. Like he, he can say whatever he wants, but at the end of the day, Nobody's really going to buy it. It's really going to boil down to what does he do on the field, right? Like, so, you know, if he's going to play this year with the Buccaneers, then it's just going to come down to what he does on the field. And that's what's going to make him his money, whether it's in Tampa, whether it's in Philly, whether it's somewhere else altogether. My question really for the Buccaneers here is this is very simple. You've got uh, Kyle Trask coming to coming to the podium talking about, you know, at the end of the day, the Buccaneers are going to pick the right quarterback, the best quarterback that puts this team in a position to win. I'm going to do my best for what the team asked me to do, whatever that is. And that is the absolute perfect thing to say when you step up to the podium in the situation that he's in. Then you have Rashad White coming up saying like, man, I want to be a stud. I want to be this. I'm looking forward to Dave Canales' system. I want to do whatever I can to make this team win. And you have Tristan Wirf stepping up to the podium talking about the same thing. I've been trained as a right tackle and a left tackle. I'm ready for whatever they throw at me. I'll do my best wherever they throw me, wherever this team needs. I'm down for it. And then he's the one who kind of publicly states, some dudes became a better group. Some dudes became individuals. And this year, really, when you look at Tristan War's comments, this year is all about recapturing that group mentality and getting everybody pulling in the same direction. So you got a quarterback who's willing to do whatever it is for the team that they need. You got a running back. You got an offensive lineman. This is the time where... Todd Bowles and Jason Light got to make a decision. Are you only interested in guys that are interested in pulling the way the team wants to pull, or are you willing to handle, to deal with drama for the, for, to have a guy who's, who's clearly talented? Like nobody's arguing Devin White's talent now, his work ethic and his effort to maximize that talent is in question, but the, the possession or the potential that, that lives there is not in question. It's a culture question. What is the culture of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be? When Antonio Brown was brought onto this roster, a lot of Buccaneers fans were disappointed. Why? Because it was a very, very clear. We're willing to sacrifice some character concerns and culture in our locker room for the amount of talent this, this guy brings in. Now, eventually, Antonio Brown wore out his welcome. And even though the Buccaneers end up getting bounced from the playoffs, and then the next year they struggle and very clearly could have used an Antonio Brown-like talent on their team, I, I mean, there's probably some. But I didn't see a Buccaneers fan all season say they should just go back to Antonio Brown and be like, hey, bro, we're sorry to come back. We'll put up with your crap. I never saw a media member say the Buccaneers made a mistake getting rid of the drama because the talent was too good. Well, now you're in a similar type situation. I don't want to go to all the way to Antonio Brown levels because I don't think we're there yet. But this is a very public thing. This is a very social media driven dispute that Devin White is steering, right? So you have another decision to make. Are you going to show... Bucks fans, the other players in your locker room, more importantly, that you're a team that does not put up with individuality to this extent, to this type of type of dissent, type of attitude, or are you the kind of team that's going to say, well, we don't really have anybody better than you, so we'll put up with your crap because whatever direction you go, other players on your team right now and other players in the future that will be on your team, see it because let's not forget Devin White is on this team because of the people that are on this staff. This isn't like Devin White's with a different staff so they don't understand me or they don't appreciate me like the old staff did. No, no, no. These are the guys that went to bat for you and took you number five overall when everybody in the NFL told them you're dumb. An off-ball linebacker is never going to be worth that pick. But now you want to come back and talk about You're not appreciated? Like, bro, I mean, it's a two-way street here. Devin White obviously is only interested in going one way. The Buccaneers got to make a decision. Either exit and take the van with you and let him go his own direction Or you accept it. But if you accept it, the next time this happens with another player, you only have yourself to blame.
0: Yeah, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And I go back to, let's say they can't find a trade partner. The Bucs aren't going to cut him. They aren't going to outright cut him. They'll know that they'll lose him at the end of the year. They'll get that compensatory draft pick. But you go to this season, Devin White in uniform. You have Levante David. You have Vita Vea. You have Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., Shaq Barrett. You really going to put the C back on his chest? Are you really going to point to the guy that demanded a trade, that is trying to force his way off of this team, that is one of the individuals, not the group, and you're going to say he's one of our leaders? You can't do that. That is one of the worst messages you could possibly send to your football team saying, we know that he's individualistic. We know that he's out here for him and not for for the group. He's not out here for the team. He's out here for him. But we need you all to follow him anyway, even though he's going in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, that would be a very – I mean, honestly, it would be a very bad move, but also be a very telling move because most teams nowadays – let the locker room vote for the captains if his teammates vote for him with everything that's going on around him and shaquille barrett publicly stating that was disappointing to hear the dumb white request of trade tristan worse essentially throwing this shade todd Bowles already throwing the shade last year if these teammates still vote him as a team captain that kind of tells you something of what's going on uh, inside the locker room and who's like do the coaches really have a beat on what's going on with their players i would say that they probably don't so more fuel on the fire for worse switching to left tackle Coming up next, right here on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we're going to do that. Thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you step to the plate. And if you miss. You get up to $1,000 back on your first bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Place your first bet, and you get that $1,000 no-sweat first bet back in bonus bets. If you don't win right now, if you put $100 on the Tampa Bay Rays to win the World Series and they do it, you could win $1,000. If you put money on the Denver Nuggets to put the whooping on the Minnesota Timberwolves like I did on Sunday and I'm doing on Wednesday night, you could win like 6 bucks because that's how much I won because I don't bet thousands of dollars at a time either way however you want to do it get your chance don't miss out for your chance i know sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today go to fanduel.com locked on sign up fanduel official partner of major league baseball thanks for making Locked On bucks your first listener your first view every single day especially a big shout out to our everydayers out there that are with us five days a week i think we're four days a week this week but four or five days a week every week uh, as we come hang out and talk bucks football with you. So plenty of uncertainty surrounding. I was going to say, we're going to be around like six or seven episodes draft week. So yeah, you know. yeah, we have, we have some four week week, four episode weeks. we have some seven episode weeks. We got some five episode weeks every day. Is, we appreciate all of you anyway, regardless of how many times per week it is. Uh, plenty of uncertainty still surrounding Tristan Worth's future and whether or not the all pro right tackle is going to stay at right tackle or switch to the left tackle. Uh, well, someone who's made these career changes, we all have opinions on how easy or how hard it is to do it uh has weighed in after keeping a close watch on the buccaneers offensive lineman ryan harris former tackle for the Denver broncos and pittsburgh steelers was co-hosting serious xm nfl's late hit show and he weighed in on worst position with the bucks harris by the way played both left and right tackle so this is something that he has done himself throughout his career Uh, And he basically likened it to writing with your opposite hand, which is a lot less crass than what we usually hear it compared to. Uh, But he also said, quote, not everybody can do it. Tristan Wirfs can do it. Everybody who knows offensive line has been waiting for him to be the left tackle since he got there. He's going to be just fine. The number one reason why you want to do it if you're the Buccaneers, you want your least experienced lineman to be on the right side because the quarterback can see the problem. You don't want somebody who's on that left side where the quarterback can't see the problem. If there's a right-handed quarterback, so Tristan Wirfs can do it, he'll be a left tackle. And James, I think the logic obviously makes sense. It's coming from somebody who's played the game, and in that uh, avenue and arena, you surely want to take that uh, to heart. But yeah, I mean, we've always it's it's always been known, right? Like the movie Blindside really kind of educated everybody to it, right? But everybody's been close to football for a long period of time, or lived it, or played it, or whatever at any level, understands. The blindside protector is your most important protector. Therefore, your best protector should be your blindside protector. Now, again, sometimes you move your best protector to the blindside, and all of a sudden, they're not your best anymore, and that's a problem. But you got to give them a chance. You got to give them a burn. You got to give them a run, and you got to see if they can make it happen, especially if it's a guy like Tristan Wirfs, who has been spending his entire offseason half training to do both.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a... I don't want to say it's a no-lose situation for the Buccaneers because obviously if Tristan moves to the left side and he struggles mightily, the Bucs are going to lose games because if he's struggling, that means Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask or whoever is under center is getting absolutely shellacked on a regular basis. I don't foresee that happening with somebody as talented as Tristan Wirse, but it's possible. You know, we we do have to talk about the possibility that Tristan Wirse being an all-pro right tackle, being one of the most dominant offensive linemen in the NFL maybe would suck on the other side of the line. Not likely, but possible. But you take a look at the way this team is structured, and we've gone over the offensive line numerous times, right? You move Tristan to the left side, whether you're drafting a Darnell Wright or an Anton Harrison in the first round, maybe you're taking a Matthew Bergeron in the second round because you took a different position in the first round. You bring that guy in, you put him at right tackle, you put Tristan at left, right? The worst thing that's going to happen is that Tristan Wirth struggles on the left side and then you reevaluate, you move him back to the right side the following year. You're really not losing much. You you have an off-season, and I don't mean off-season, I mean an off-season for one of your best players. Moving back to his natural position, address the left tackle again next year. You and I have talked numerous times about how this is a... This is more than one year for the Bucs to get back into serious playoff contention. Could they make the playoffs in the NFC South this year? Absolutely. Would they be a true contender? Would they be a playoff team or a team that makes the playoffs? They would be a team that makes the playoffs, not exactly a playoff team. So you readdress, and then you can move on with a new franchise left tackle and Tristan Wirfs, an all-pro right tackle. So it makes it makes too much sense not to do at this point. And I think the fact that somebody like Ryan Harris is speaking out about it, saying, I've watched this dude. I know he can make the switch. I, he's that talented. It, it's more than likely going to happen at this stage.
1: No, absolutely. I think I think it's, it's at least going to be tested, right? And I think they're testing it right now. Like, I mean, off-season workout programs, that's what this is for. They're not doing full team lineups and scrimmages and, and all that stuff, but they're doing drills. They're doing something like, you know, Terry McLaurin is in Ashburn catching footballs. Mike Evans is in Tampa catching footballs. Like these guys are just not doing any type of football activity. They're just not doing any competitive or contact football activities. So they're already putting in work, seeing can Tristan kick slide to the left side just as well as he can to the right and all these other things. Um, the other part of this is financial, right? Like Tristan Wirfs is one of those players that, yes, he's getting a second deal. Like you talk about Buccaneers, first round picks, getting second contracts and how often it doesn't actually happen. This one. Is getting his second contract that's good that's he's viva uh not Devin white uh, mike, <laughs> Kevin, mike <laughs> evans got one and um i just lost my own train of thought tristan Worf is going to get his second buccaneers oh, contract he, he's getting a bag right so he's going to get his fifth year picked up you're going to pay that and then you're going to pay him you know and you, and you might resign him earlier and all this whatever either way tristan Worf is going to be around a while do you want to pay your right tackle more money or your left tackle more money? right? This kind of goes hand in hand with having your best player on the left side, the blind side versus uh, the the non-blind side, I guess, the sighted side, we'll call it that. Um, so if you draft a rookie, darnell Washington, darnell uh, not Darnell Washington, Renell Wright, or anton Harrison, <laughs> whoever whoever you draft. Do you want that guy playing your left side and making like five million base salary while your right tackle's making 20, 25 million? No, you want your left tackle being the guy. So when you look at this system, basically you secure your left side with the guy that you're paying the back to. And when you look at NFL offensive linemen, there was a time a time where left tackles got the money, right tackles got nothing. But when you look at today's NFL landscape, because there are so many more pass rushers coming out in the NFL draft these days, you do need to protect both sides. Four out of your top 10 right tackles or or offensive tackles paid are actually right tackles. Eight of your top 20 are also right tackles. So 40% of your top paid tackles in this game are right tackles. But that still means 60% of your top paid tackles are left tackles. So if you have the choice, you want your top paid guy being your left tackle. Put him on the bookend. Put him out there where you're going to get the most attention. Let him get his shine. Let him get his Pro Bowls his all pros and all these other things and be great. And then use your rookie, use your lower paid guy on the right-hand side. And look, if he develops into an all-pro right tackle, maybe you pay him both. If not, you're only worried about replacing the side your quarterback can see versus we've got this amazing right tackle, but we've got a rotating left tackle situation every four years. we got a new dude in there because we can't nail that pick. Secure the left side. Secure the blind side. It's the it's the second most important position on the, on the field after the quarterback.
0: Yeah, and I think whoever the Buccaneers come away with, in the draft is going to confirm wherever Tristan Wirfs is. And, and they could draft Anton Harrison, who said at the combine that, that he's a left tackle and, and he feels that he could succeed at left tackle in the NFL. It You're not going to put him out there. You're not going to put him out there at the left side. He will play the right side of the line. And and then, you know, all bets are off, right? Wor- worst, worst case scenario, they can just sign Donovan Smith back because nobody wants him. I
1: was going to say, maybe Donovan's out there working on his right side. Veteran minimal. Back. Look, you bring him back and you let him play the right side, right? I mean, hey, uh, I don't want to say stranger things have happened. That's That'd be pretty strange, but some some things have happened. Well, something else did happen, and
0: uh, an intriguing take by Kay Adams that would potentially allow the Buccaneers to do something that no one is expecting and would light the draft world on fire is something that happened. And that is next here on Locked on Bucks. Wrap things up here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. David, we have discussed all kinds of scenarios for the Buccaneers draft. Everything from drafting in the trenches to the secondary to a running back. You and I even had a fun little experiment where we traded up for number one with the Chicago Bears just to see what a draft hall would look like after giving up everything that it would take to move up to number one. Yeah. Now, what if that fun exercise isn't too far from reality? Kay Adams on Up and Adams was discussing how Alabama quarterback Bryce Young canceled the rest of his team visits, and now all signs point to him being the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. On the flip side, the Houston Texans do not appear to be sold on the idea of taking a quarterback a specific quarterback at number two. So what if they were willing to deal with the Bucs? Adam talked about it, and she said, quote, there have been rumors for months that they, the Houston Texans, were hoping Carolina took quarterback CJ Stroud number one overall so they can snag Bryce Young with the number two pick. They prefer Bryce Young, that's obvious. But there are these weird reports that Nick Casario, who calls all the shots down there, Casario and Stroud's agent, David Mulgetta, they are like, no, thank you. We don't want to work together. Uh, There are some reservations there about going to the mat again. Usually I'm like, no agent is going to get in the way of a draft pick happening or something. But this is one of the bad ones in the books of NFL history. He, of course, is Deshaun Watson's representative and everything that happened so publicly and soured so much in Houston. So maybe they don't want to go back and work on this together. The Colts, the Titans, the Raiders, the Bucks, and the Commanders. Pay really close attention here. The window for your team to strike and grab one of these quarterbacks may have just opened even wider than the potential bidding war for number three with the Arizona Cardinals, end quote. So, David, this is not a scenario that we have talked about at all. Yeah. But if Stroud is the guy sitting there at two, oh. is Devin White and pick 19 enough to get things started with Houston? They run a 4 3, mm-hmm. but their starting middle linebacker is Denzel Perryman. So you have mm-hmm. a huge upgrade right out of the gate with Devin White. He immediately becomes the face of the franchise because Houston doesn't have a face right now. So you have a face of the franchise and Devin White right out of the gate. The fans are ecstatic because they have a big-name player in the middle of their defense. Yeah. Jersey sales are through the roof. Oh, and D'Amico Ryans is in charge of the team now and would probably love to focus on upgrading the defense. Would the Bucks really try to make this happen for C.J. Stroud with Devin White as
1: the centerpiece of a trade? I mean, would they? I don't know. Could it happen? It could certainly happen. I think D'Amico Ryan's. You know, if this were if this were a scenario that was presented to him, would believe. You know, I'm a linebacker. He's a linebacker. We can we can make this thing work, right? I kind of we speak the same language, uh, type of thing. Um, they certainly have the cap space to do it. I mean, if I'm the Houston Texans and I make this deal, I'm re-signing him immediately. I'm not even like I'm starting this contract right now. It's not four years tacked on to the current year. I'm restarting this thing right now because they've got 21 million dollars. In cap space right now so i'm throwing like 18 million at him or some crazy crap um i don't think it'll happen and here's 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 the other reason why i don't think it happened because bryce young is gonna be the number two overall pick the carolina Panthers are selecting cj Stroud. uh i don't know why we're playing these games i don't know why everybody's making all this noise but the houston texans are taking bryce young if they want bryce young um the other part of the story that really surprises the heck out of me is how anybody related to Deshaun Watson's advisory team during that whole debacle still has a job. Um, but that's a whole other discussion. And there's other parts to that story that I can't discuss in a public forum. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I don't know who advised CJ Stroud on who to let be his advisor, but they advised wrong. Um, anyway.
0: You could also say the same for Nick Casario at this point in
1: time. Um, yeah, you could definitely Casario. <laughs> um, I would love to see Devin White go to the Houston Texans because Houston Texans aren't going anywhere. I love D'Amico Ryan's, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not for uh, not for a long time. But uh, and it would be interesting to see how Devin responds to playing on a bottom five team in the National Football League for a couple of years. I don't know how well that would go over either. Uh, but anyway, I mean. I think the CJ Stroud could be a decent quarterback, right? So if that's the scenario we're talking about, the Buccaneers trading up, packaging Devin White and whatever else it takes to get up to number two to take CJ Stroud. I don't hate that idea, but I will say this: the CJ Stroud, as much as I'm I'm okay with him as an NFL quarterback, he needs support. He's got to have a cast around him. So my concern would still be the same. What are you giving up and how are you going to go secure that offensive line? Because you know, if you're keeping your second round pick this year. And you're giving up Devin White 19 and whatever else, but you're keeping your second rounder. Okay. Maybe you'll grab yourself a tackle and, and, you know, Matt Bergeron or something like that out of Syracuse. Fine. But if you're giving up, you know, a one and a two this year, a three next year in Devin White, well, that means your offensive tackle is going to come in the third round. And I'm sorry, but you're not finding an immediate impact starting right tackle in the third round of this year's NFL draft. So CJ Stroud, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, or anybody, uh, I was about to say Blank Gabbard, but he's not existing anymore. Um, you're going to have the same problem. So at the end of the day, whatever they do, as long as they're going to secure their other starting tackle position, then I'm okay with whoever they run out of quarterback, honestly, because it's all kind of a what, see what, see what happens type of thing. Generally speaking, I would advise NFL teams to not go for broke to draft a young franchise quarterback unless you have a secure platform to put them on, and the Buccaneers just don't have a secure platform to put one on. I'm not... Big on C.J. Stroud. Our
0: everydayers know (gasps) that. You know that. Um, I don't know if I would love this particular trade, but I would understand if they made the move. I would understand taking the chance. Because right now, uh, you have no true answer at quarterback, right? Maybe Baker goes off, and that would be great. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe Carolina Baker is the Baker that we see in Tampa. Uh Kyle Trask isn't the dude. So you you have nothing at quarterback if if that is what happens. So taking that chance is worth a shot. Now, let's say in, in your scenario, they give up pick 19, Devin White, their second rounder and a 2024 second round. You know, whatever, to get this deal done. Would George Fant be an immediate impact guy on on the right side of the offensive line? Billy Turner, Juwan James, Marcus Cannon, uh, Mike Remmers. Would any of these guys be plug-and-play starters on the right side of the line? Maybe. Not Mike Remmers. I mean, maybe for a year. But the other thing to, to bear in mind is you trade Devin White, you're freeing up 11 million dollars in cap space. You can go out and you can find somebody who's still on the street that you can at least bring in and compete with Gedeki for the starting right tackle job. You know, you you still have Taylor Lawan sitting out there. You you have Jason, well no, not Jason Peters, but you know, you got Eric Fisher out there. You do have bodies who are still there after the draft so they're not going to cost you a ton of money that you could bring it. And if they, if you just need them to get you through a year, some of those guys can do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you can, you can do the plug and play thing. I just, my thing with young quarterbacks is if you do that, you can break them. Like just bottom line, you can break a young quarterback in one season. And it's hard to say, well, that, you know, we're, we're better this year. So just, just come back better next year um you know the the the, accumulates we saw i with tom brady last year pressure is cumulative and throughout the season because tom knew he had a suspect offensive line in front of him he was throwing like he was under pressure even when he wasn't under pressure so if it can happen to tom brady it can happen to literally anybody so i would just be really really weary about like i honestly i like the idea so there's been been reports coming up of like the texans might just trade back uh and draft a defensive player with their first first round pick and then draft like Jackson Smith and Jigbo with their second first round pick. Or if they do stay at number two, draft Will Anderson Jr. instead of a quarterback, and then spend the rest of their draft capital. Maybe they will grab Hendon Hooker in the second or third. Uh, or but but bottom line is you're putting talent around your team because that that roster specifically is really just kind of devoid of talent, anyway. And then you know you run forward Davis Mills, maybe Hendon Hooker when he gets healthy, da, and you just kind of see what happens. And then later on, you worry about the quarterback. The Buccaneers aren't in the ditches that the, the Texans are. But I think if you're the Bucks right now, nobody really expects you to be a Super Bowl competitor this year. Anyway, you've got Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal. Kyle Trask is, you know, on a rookie deal that essentially you can get out of whenever you feel like it, if you feel like it. Um, so, yeah. So you've got some contracts to to, to blend or to, to make up for. You've got some linebackers that you need to replace, like go through and, and patch all the holes, you know, keep the boat in dock, patch up the holes before you put a new captain aboard and tell it to sell, set sail let it kind of breathe a little bit. I think that's the best route for the Buccaneers to go. So drafting a quarterback that high requires for me giving up way too much of the ability to patch the holes. And then you're putting a rookie captain at the, at the hull of the ship and saying, you know, don't sink this thing. And I I just don't think it's the smartest way to go about it.
0: Well, all of our listeners and viewers can let us know their thoughts on would you want the Buccaneers to throw Devin white in a package to, uh, to trade up, and get potentially C.J. Stroud in the draft. But we are out of here, so thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We will be back on Friday with more discussion surrounding what the Buccaneers could do in the NFL draft. And if you want to join in on that conversation, of course, you can drop your comments or questions here on YouTube or send us an email at LockedOnBucksPodcast to gmail.com or slide into the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Check out David's work over at BucksGameday.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. And of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at Jay Yarko, underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison eighty two. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy. Fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.